Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. I hope that you are feeling fit and fabulous today. In fact, I am busy working on a new quiz for you. Why do I feel so tired quiz? So watch, keep an eye out. That will be available in the next week or so. Before we get started, spring has arrived in Spain. Oh, I love spring. It is one of my favourite seasons. Well, along with summer, and I quite like autumn, and winter's not too bad either. Um, But it really does feel like summer is around the corner, and I will be swimming in the sea every single day in the summer. I'm so excited. Today, I am super excited to welcome a guest, Meta Thaleman, and she is a parenting coach, as you may tell from her accent. She is from Denmark, with a little twinge of an Irish accent in there, if you listen closely. Such a beautiful accent she has. And today we're talking all about children and mealtimes. And she's going to tell us how to not be held hostage to our children's wants, demands. And this is something that I see so frequently with people. In fact, I have experienced it firsthand myself that really what happens is we have our children's best interests at heart and we want to create food that our children will enjoy, that is healthy and nourishing. And somehow we find ourselves in sort of backed up against the wall and our children saying, I'm not eating that and I'm not eating this. And we end up just being a slave to our children's wants and desires. And this whole idea of healthy eating seems to have gone out of the window. And we feel like we're in a bit of a rut and we don't know how to get out of it. So welcome Meta. Oh, before um, we dive into welcoming Meta, Meta and I are doing an amazing session together, which is on May the 26th, and it is called Setting Boundaries Around Food in Your Family. And this is going to be on Zoom so that you can actually chat to us. So we'll be having a similar conversation, but with both of us there and you being able to ask questions. Now, when I mentioned this in the recording, I got the timing wrong. So it will be at... 9 p.m. Central Europe time. So that's 8 p.m. in UK. And that is 3 p.m. Eastern time. So 
come along and join us because it is going to be absolutely amazing and it's totally free. So I will leave the link to sign up in the show notes. So welcome, Meta. Meta, thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the Fit and Fabulous podcast. Thank you for having me. It's quite exciting. We can sit in two different countries and still have this fun conversation. (laughs) I know, the amazingness of technology. Now, I'd like to start by just asking you to quickly introduce yourself so people understand what it is that you do. Yep. So my name is Meta. I'm Danish. Get the accent out of the way. Um, and I am a fully qualified parent and family impact coach and also an author of a few parenting books. Um, and I'm the founder of Predictable Parenting. And um, what I do is I help parents to create better connection and communication with each of their family members, um, including themselves, but also if with an ex, if they're in a separated relationship. Because once we have created this connection, and communication with our family members, then everything afterwards becomes so much easier to create rules and routines and boundaries, which is what we will talk about is to create this connection. So we can also set boundaries in a way that sits well with us and still respect the receiver. Fabulous. And yes, it is all about communication. I'm trying to teach communication to my children at the moment. So I'm super excited to talk to you. And I just want to set the scene a little bit of what I see as a typical scene and which, if I go back several years, was definitely something that was happening for me. And it goes like this. We're all having mealtimes. Mother has spent her entire day thinking about what to cook for dinner. And this has taken a large part of her energy. And she has chosen something which she hopes that everybody will like. But then she comes to the dinner table and children are going, yuck, it's disgusting. I don't like it. And ugh. And this is before they've even seen it. And then often what happens is, you know, mother is feeling, well, already on the back foot by then because she spent mm-hmm. so much time and effort preparing this meal. But also in the back of her mind, she's thinking, goodness, you need to eat something because, you know, that's one of the fundamental jobs that I have. And children are just making a big fuss about it. And so then the parents will start saying, well, okay, just eat a little bit of broccoli or something like that. Or can you just take one bite of broccoli? And then the children start being more assertive about it and no, and I'm not doing it. And this escalates up and up. And, you know, often it might be, well, you can't have dessert if you don't do this. Or, you know, parents feel backed into a corner. And then this repeats day after day after day until mealtimes just become this awful battle zone. And parents know that this has happened, but they just feel powerless to backtrack and to to fix it. So that is the problem. No, and you're absolutely right. There's actually a few more steps in there that I see parents as well. So funny you mentioned that scene. Because that is the scene that actually I've set up in my own mind when I was um, coming to join you on this podcast. Because there's a few other things that happens in there is that um, the kids might get to get the mum to a point where she ends up giving in and say, don't worry about it. So what do you want? So, so, so you want toast instead. OK, so I give you toast. Or maybe end up in a shaming and blaming arguments like, why are you always like this? I can't believe this. You're so unhealthy. And that's why you put on weight. And so it actually can go either way where we give in and give up, had enough. Or we start becoming aggressive 
and actually start criticizing a little bit both ways. We end up guilty. They end up guilty around food, which is a really unhealthy place to be in the here and now, but more for the future. So you are absolutely right that it's so important to get in there and reset family meals so they can become more pleasant and pleasant and have some healthy eating habits around it. So what is step one? How do parents who are feeling backed up how do they how do they change that well the first thing I just want to start with is awareness I always say awareness is the first step to change so if we just move into a little bit why are they doing this because it's very interesting because you said you know before they even seen the food they start negotiating which I think is quite interesting because you said they haven't even seen the food and they start negotiating or they start battling back so there's something there already before we presented the food that we need to be aware around. And I think that the thing is that our kids are like small, very clever scientists, um, and they're very quick to learn, aren't they? And they're curious about everything that's going on around them. And they're always looking for um, opportunities and uh, options and alternatives and looking for means to get their way. And that is exactly how it should be. That is normal, and that is how nature made them in order to survive in this world. But that also means that they quickly learn that certain behaviors, such as negotiating or begging or emotional blackmailing, um, screaming, tantrums, negotiating or begging, will get them to where they want to be. They will get them what they want or get out of what they don't want. And that also comes when it includes food. Um, so Exactly. I was going to now put a little scene in there where I was going to say, I'm sure we've all been there, but we have presented some nice food to our children. And they straight away said, no, I don't want that. I want chicken nuggets, even though that you feel this is what they what they like. We then have to say, no, this is what we're eating. Exactly. As you said, the same scenario. Then our kids come in, the very clever scientists who are quick to learn. They come in there and they just start begging and and screaming and negotiating that are just like small Duracell batteries that just go on and on and on until we have run out of batteries and we have run out of patience and we might at this point exactly as you said give in we might try to convince or negotiate or maybe we do this because we feel sorry for them maybe we feel they have enough going on in their lives so we just want to make their life a little bit more sweet and we don't want to force food into them. But either way, it is not a good place to be. And what I just want to say at this point here in the awareness stage is that because every time we do this, we actually develop and encourage manipulation behavior in our child. And we teach them that these behavior, they do work with lots of force and persistency and consistency from the child. It has become a learned behavior that we have encouraged, we have encouraged this behavior. But before I get too gloom, I just want to say that the good news is it can be unlearned with a lot of force and well, force when I focus, consistency um, and predictability from our side as well. So that's the good news is that we can actually unlearn these behavior and it is natural that what our kids are actually doing. So I just want to keep in mind at this point that they're just doing their job and we need to do ours. So in a way, 
I would like us to move away from blaming the child for not eating their food or not want to try their food or trying to negotiate other kind of foods because they're really just doing their job. And we need to do our job, which, which is to set uh, agreed uh, agreements and rules and boundaries around food instead of manipulations and threats and shame and blame. We need to teach them to communicate. We need to teach them to behave. And we need to teach them how to eat and what to eat properly. Um, and we also need to not be wound up, wind up by their attempt to manipulate us or to negotiate with us and keep in mind, oh, they're just doing what they need to do. I need to do what I need to do. So we need both need to do our job, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I love that. And I think just to add in, I think one of the big pieces that I see, and I think just echoing what you're saying, is that when we look at food in society, we often forget that the purpose of eating is to fuel our bodies. And we mix this up and we want to enjoy eating but we want to enjoy eating so much that we focus on all of that emotional, like, I love this kind of food. Now, if we were just talking about fueling our bodies, we could eat cardboard if it was nutritious, which it's not, but it wouldn't make any difference. So often we confuse these two things. And as parents and children, we focus on that. It's the enjoyment of the food rather than the, well, if you're hungry, here's some food to eat and that will fuel your body. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And when I work with parents in this way, and obviously um, I will send them to youth that want to know what to eat, because that's that's not what I am qualified to do. For me, it's more about the whole concept, about working together as a team and to de- develop a good food attitude. And in that process, you're so right. It's not the aim should not to be to make them eat. That's not the aim because a lot of parents, the parents from the short term goal, which is to be, which is to put food in food in side of them here now but actually what we should be aiming for is for us to behave in a way that create healthy food attitudes in the child so they will enjoy their food which should be the long-term goal so they can make their own choose food choices so they know how to eat and I think that is more important than trying to get food inside of them so I totally agree with you I totally agree and I think I'd like to steer you back to manipulation now, because I think this is a really important topic and you were just about to talk about it. But I feel so much that people feel manipulated by their children and they can see this behaviour going on, but they just feel helpless to get out of it. And it feels like it doesn't matter what you say or what you do. Somehow you're just not going to win. So what's the secret? What do we parents do? (laughs) No, we definitely will get, I just want to say one more thing, just to back up something you said that obviously I didn't plan to say, but that's the great thing about these conversations is that, so talking about we feel manipulated by our children. The funny thing is that often children feel manipulated by us as well. Um, so, you know, obviously when, so if we were to bribe or reward or use bribe, bribery for food, or we might do threats or uh, punishment until the child eats, you could actually argue that we are trying to manipulate the child to eat when we want them to eat and what we want them to eat. And if you think about it, we are our kids' biggest role model. So if we are manipulating our child to eat and what to eat, why shouldn't they also give it a go? And that's why I think it's even more important to move away from that, make them eat, instead of teaching them how to eat and what to eat. Um, yeah, in a no, I totally agree. And I think the similar vein of that is that 
emotional eating is such a big problem in yeah. our society now that it is the one thing that we want to not teach our children. And the way we don't teach our children that is by not using food to modify behaviour in any way whatsoever. Yeah. So either, well, if you're bad, you can't have dessert. Or if you're good, here's a reward. You can have some sweeties or an ice cream. But that link should just not be there at all. No, because then we are manipulating. We are actually using, manip using manipulation behaviours we're teaching them how to do it really well so yes we so you said how, how so how can we undo it we're actually already in that process because the first step is awareness what are we doing right now that might create some negativity around food so are we trying to manipulate our children then we actually need to move away from that um and if we are using food as you said that you know if you're nice to your brother while i'm on the phone you can have a biscuit we need to take that away as well so that is already the first step At this point, I will say to parents is just to go, if you were to go away right now and just think about what's going on with me and my child in terms of food, what negativity is happening that I'm installing and how a good place to start is really just to be aware and take those out. So that's definitely the first step for them to just step back and think, whoa, I never thought about that. When I say to my child, if you eat your broccoli right now, you can have lace ice cream later on that is manipulation in a way because we're manipulating them um, with our words and with our behavior and it shouldn't really be there and the second thing I want to say is when I work with parents is it's never too late parents often come to me and say you know it's really too late they can they're only I'm working right now with the family and one of the boys only eat white stuff white toast white pasta everything is just white and nothing with colors at all. He said, well, I think it's too late now. You know, we've kind of missed that boat. boat. Um, and my thing to them is it's never too late to pull back the rope. So don't give up. There is definitely hope no matter what age your children are at. And the other thing is I want you really to trust that your child can eat and that they want to eat. And they're not doing this because they're bad kids or mean kids Um That is, you know, I want you to trust them to think that actually we can turn things around and install a healthy attitude. So start this new journey as a positive journey, not with that, oh, this is going to be hard. I'm not sure it's working. It's too late. It's not too late. You can do it. Your kids can do it. So that's definitely Absolutely. the second. I love that message. And I would say as well, like one thing that I hear a lot of people saying is, oh, it's so difficult when their kids are exposed to so many other treats at school or parties. And I do understand that. But that as well, being exposed to those treats and sweets is part of understanding healthy living and healthy eating and understanding that we need to set internal limits and we need to teach our children how to do that. And yeah. I would echo your message that it is perfectly possible to teach children healthy eating And for them to just think that it's normal, they don't think, oh, my goodness, that obviously they see other children eating in a different way. But what we eat at home and what they are used to eating and reaching for is just healthy and that's normal for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, have you know, trust yourself, trust your family that you can do this together and you can set out on a new journey. And that brings me nicely into the next bit where I would like for these parents who are listening right now to see this as a new start to something in a new journey and you know we obviously just come on the other side of the lockdown so we are in this beautiful opportunity where what was normal before doesn't have to be normal anymore we have we have seen ourselves 
um, change and adapt and having the power to, to fit in and actually get to the other side of a big challenge. So it's a great time to actually sit with your family right now and to re-sit family habits and say, listen, what was normal before was just something, you know, during the lockdown we did, but now let's just try to create some new habits, some new routines, some new rules. And for that, I would like for families right now to think of it as something they do together. Because nobody likes to be told what to eat or what not to eat or what to do or what not to or what not to do or pointed finger at. We're actually more likely to move away from where we want to be. So if we keep telling our kids, you can't have sweets, you can't have cake, you can't have chicken nuggets, we together have just created this negativity around food. But also if we tell them, you have to eat your broccoli, you have to eat this and you have to do it this way, we're actually not working together as a team. They're more likely to want to break the rules because we are not easy to work with because we are just a big boss telling them what to do and what not to do. So I would really like for us to aim for a successful can-do attitude without shame and blame and guilt from our side or from their side. And this can be created by having regular family meetings or regular um, family chats or whatever you would like to call it. And families I work with normally have this on a Sunday where they kind of get together as a whole family and they talk about uh, values of this family. How do we want to run this family? What's important to this family and in that process can also be around food and food food habits so normally we, we talk about rules and we talk about routines bedtime screen time all these things you can even talk about pocket money holidays and at one meeting we can talk about how to reset um, food habits and we can start the process in a very nice way to say listen we would just love to reset some food habits in this family because we are aware of that sometimes we present some food that you don't want to eat. And we definitely don't want to force you to eat something that you're not, uh, you know, you're not happy with or you feel uncomfortable with. So we thought that together as a family, we can actually um, plan together what we're going to eat. We can cook together and we would love for you to have a say as well. And I think it's really important here that, you know, Children will eat when they know how to and if they feel positively motivated. And I just want to touch a little bit of that feel motivated to eat. And here I'm not talking about motivated by money or by screen time, about sweets or even by threats or rewards or force. I'm talking about motivation in the sense of control, involvement and choice from the side of the child, that they feel, oh, actually, I, I do have a say here. It's not just their way and the highway, because often, to come back to the very beginning, because the child feels maybe that we have pushed too much food down on them and we have decided what is good and what is bad for them, by nature, they're just pushing back. They don't even know what they're pushing back on, because you said in the beginning, they haven't even seen the food and they're pushing back. So by sitting down, having this family meeting where you reset family habits, they're actually more inclined to want to follow through with them because they feel, oh, actually, I do have a sense of control in what I put in my body and what I eat. It's not just their way and the highway. And I think that, you know, it's for them to have a say as well. What would, what would what they would like to eat? Which day would they like to eat it? How would they like to eat it? How would they like to present it? It's not just putting food in front of them and said eat. And obviously, what they're going to eat is 
they will have to go and speak to you. You know, how are we going to present a nice meal? So if they say chicken markets and pizza, as you would say, we can make it together with lots of green. It doesn't always have to be from a delivery man to get the pizza. But also, instead of just asking them, what would you like to eat? And then we might end up in another negative power struggle with no, no, no. I want pizza. No, you can't have that. I want chicken nuggets. No, you can't have that. But I want to take away where you can't have that. Try to create a successful conversation where we give them options. So we would really like for you to be part of it so you're happy with the food. So you can choose on a Monday, would you like to eat this, this or that? So you present the options that are possible. And they can say, oh, yeah, no, I would really like to eat lasagna. Great. So on Mondays, we could eat it together. So every single day, we write down together as a family, what are we going to eat? What can we eat? And it's not just us forcing these thoughts down on them. And I'm sure you as a coach working and also a doctor working with family, it's much better this way that we create a family attitude instead of just expecting them to eat what we tell them to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's really good. And I think as well, you can give them choices of vegetables. Now, you know, I'm all about vegetables, but it's a really good thing to be able to say, okay, so which vegetables would you like with that? You could choose between carrots and peas and broccoli. I always say the more you present, actually, the more your children will eat, because, you know, if you put out, well, I have four children. So if I put out four things and they all like different things, then each one will eat one thing. You don't have to put out heaps and heaps of each vegetable. But the more choice you give them in terms of it being on the table, the more of them they'll eat. Whereas if I put out, for example, just aubergine, none of my children like aubergine. So that's yeah. a, that's an automatic, I'm, they're not going to eat any vegetables. So yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I think getting kids involved in the kitchen even from either planning or just helping, they can do from an early age. There's things that yeah. they can do. And it helps them feel involved, even if they aren't going to eat that food later on, it still gets them involved in the kitchen and part of that process. No, and you're so right. And we're back to that point of it's not about putting food inside of them, because for those people who are listening to the podcast, your kids are not going to die from not having food for one night. So it's not about the short term goal of putting food inside of them. It's a long term goal of making them feel that they have a choice. They are in control of what they eat and that they can eat healthy it's the before it's the doing and it's the after process so how are we going to plan it how are we going to cook it how are we going to um how are we going to set the table so we all always made a big deal of setting the tables who's going to clean up afterwards and sit down with the family and do this and the more you have in the family obviously the more difficult it becomes but the more beautiful it also becomes so I also try to teach families, you know, big families to say, have an agreement where you try each other's food. So my daughter is a vegetarian and the days that she's cooking at home. So she has a cooking day. My two boys have a cooking day. My husband have a cooking day and I have a cooking day. And then we have a surprise day where we're just going to go, whatever. And um, so when it's Michelle's turn to cook, the deal is that the others have to give it a go. But there also have to be some level of understanding and accepting dislikes and dislikes. So one of my sons, he definitely does not like mushrooms. And there's, you know, and I think that's totally acceptable. So we also have to learn to listen, even though we might not like or agree with what we hear. So these family get together. It's also a place to talk about, well, what do you really like? And what are you not so fond of? Or, you know, how can we make a difference? Um, and 
how can we try to have something else? So I really, really like aubergine and you definitely don't like aubergine. So maybe that day we'll have aubergines and a carrot salad. And over time, they might get used to it in a positive way instead of you have to eat it. But this thing of try others food, I think is quite good. Obviously, here I just want to say, because my daughter is a hardcore vegetarian, I would never say to my daughter, you have to eat meat because that's unfair. But I did say to my boys, the day that you're doing a nice steak, would you mind just make sure there's a choice of um, a salad and some vegetables and potatoes just to respect people's? Because I think as parents, we also have to respect our children's likes and dislikes because we are less likely to later on force food inside of us for emotional eating. And, you know, as you said earlier on. So I think it's a good place to agree to try each other's food. But at these family meetings, you can also have agreements around sweets, crisps, cakes. So it's not a constant battle of, mommy, can I have cake? Can I have crisps? Can I have cookies? And you know what? In our house, we all, we didn't have it in the house because I always said, out of mind, out of sight. So if the kids know that the biscuit up in that cupboard, cupboard, then you're just encouraging them to go on with their manipulation behaviors until you give in. So don't have it in the house. But you can say, listen, we totally get it that it's nice to have sweets and you like crisps. So maybe we can say Friday after school is the day we go down to the corner shop and you can have a few sweets and we can go home and enjoy them. Because we don't want unhealthy food to be a negative thing either, where we say, oh, do you really want sweets? It's bad for you, it's bad for your teeth. And then limit it and have an agreement around when can they actually enjoy it. We don't have to make it a big thing. Um, so... That is definitely the main thing of how to turn these manipulation behaviors around food around is to meet the child where they are in terms of what they like, but also involve them in the process and give them some sense of control, involvement and choice of what they actually put in their mouth, because otherwise they're more likely to just resist because they feel forced um, and manipulated from our side. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as a pediatric doctor, I think it's really interesting because one of the first things that we ever get control of in our bodies when we're babies is our hands. And you'll see a baby who's sort of like flapping their arms around and they're like, oh, what is this thing that's a hand? Oh, it's attached to me. And the first thing they really learn to do is to take their hand and put it in into their mouth. And so it's the first control we have over our body. And I think we need to allow our children to carry on doing that. But with this big caveat of we're not allowing them to eat cake the whole time. The idea isn't you get to choose cake the whole time. The idea is I'm presenting the healthy foods and you get to choose amongst all of those healthy foods, which ones you're going to eat. And obviously, on top of that, yes, we're going to have some treats. Nothing's forbidden, but it's about those treat foods being in moderation and really understanding what moderation is, because I think that's another another big key. So yeah. just... um quickly one of the things that I wanted to just talk about was that transition period and I know that from experience well sometimes it can go really smoothly so from a story from our family years ago I decided that we were going to stop having dessert because I don't really know why we had dessert in the first place so I did just stop and actually surprisingly my kids just took to it it was like mm -hmm. I said no dessert and they went oh okay fine and, and that was the end of it but normally it isn't like that normally there's a transition period of like oh really are you sure about this so yeah. how do we manage that behavior and just to come back to your point so 
it also depends on the family setting. So, you know, I obviously don't know how you brought up your kids, but I just want to say if they're used to get their, getting their way and if the manipulation behavior have gone on for a long time, the transition period is going to be even more important to be aware of and it's going to be difficult. Um, and in those situations, it might even get worse Because again, if we come back to the point that our kids are small scientists who are always trying to get their way, and at this point, they're going to try really, really, really hard to get you back to where you were before, where you give in and give up. So it's definitely good to prepare yourself. Okay, you know, this is really important for the long-term goal because I want my child to feel they could control what they put in their body in a healthy way. They have a healthy choice. They have a healthy attitude. That's a long-term goal. Not the short-term goal is to give in and get up, you know, happy kids in the here and now. So prepare yourself that it might actually be a bit of a battle. Um, and also, I just want to keep in mind that the measurement of successful eating habit shouldn't only be based on our child's behavior in the here and now, but on ours and how we feel afterwards. So very important to think so when we implement these new habits we first we agree them together we set them up we write them down that's great we've agreed it then they might come back with some resistance just remember that i need to do the right thing the measurement of success at this point is that i behave in the right way that i respond in a right way that doesn't create negative create negativity around food. So at this point, we can only control ourselves. We cannot control the child. So that's the first thing is that when our child is um, resisting and playing up, it's normal. It's how it should be, but we need to control ourselves. Then I would say, prepare yourself for what lies ahead and your child's reaction. So if you know, and if you have by experience found out that this is going to be quite a difficult time because you're trying to change and adjust this period, this uh, eating habits, then before you enter it, before you get into the situation, just take a little time out and prepare yourself for what lies ahead. Take a deep breath and just go, just a deep breath. Stop what I'm about to say. Stop what I'm about to do and just check in with myself. The kids might have a bit of reaction right now because they want it back to how it was before. And that's normal. They can have a reaction. They can grieve for what they cannot have and what they cannot do. That is normal. They can have an emotions, and, but I need to stay in control of myself. It's not up to me to change that emotions. And once you have calmed yourself down and prepared yourself for what lies ahead, then you can enter the situation. And, you know, you present the food and everything is happening until the moment they go, oh, I don't want this. This is disgusting. Take a deep breath and go, it's how I react. I want to be measured, assertive and firm, not reactive or impulsive or aggressive. Measurement of success is how I respond right now. Then I would say, Come from a place of listening, understanding, and accepting. You know, we don't, we don't have to be aggressive to be heard or respected. We can say, you know what? I can hear that you're really disappointed right now because we're having lasagna. And I understand that you really want chicken nuggets. And that's okay because we will make them on Friday as agreed. Yeah, but this is not fair and everybody else can. I can hear what you're saying and I understand what you're saying. And it's okay to feel a little bit disappointed right now. But we're having chicken nuggets on Friday, so let's just get back to what we've agreed, which is lasagna. 
try not to get into the negotiation level because at this point is where they try to get back to how we were before where we allow the manipulation behavior to really manifest itself we went heart against heart word against words at this point we just very cool very calming say yeah you know what you can have these emotions they can be upset they can grieve it's their emotions, but it doesn't change the fact that today we've agreed to have lasagna because we know that they like it. And I will also say less is more. So try to just say what you have to say in a calm, firm way without being tempted to be winded up with lots of words where we end up shaming and blaming or criticizing because we know this thing about going into word overflow where one word just take the other. And before we know it, we are up there and we have joined the negotiation battle. But also what's happening here is that, you know, we just sound less convincing. It sounds like we're trying to convince them about our decision and we will just open up the negotiation. So keep the words at a very short, you know what, Sam, I can hear you a bit disappointed. And here we also translate their words and language because they might not have the maturity maturity to really say what they want to say. So if they say, mom, I hate you and this is disgusting and you don't know how to cook. We don't have to say, oh, that's not very nice. And, you know, rise to them. We can say, you know what, Sam, I can hear what you're saying, that you don't fancy lasagna right now and that you are disappointed. You are translating in those big words. Um, and I will say at this point, stop. And ignore the behavior. Just keep going with a bit of music. You can do a bit of humming. And as soon as they've calmed down, then you re-engage with them and say, right, there we are. Should we enjoy this lasagna? We don't have to say, why are you doing this? And you're always negative. And here I am. We become a nagging doormat and a living martyr. Don't get there. Stay calm. I think, I think one of the things is that you're talking about is that essentially you're talking about us taking on their emotions and getting triggered by them and I find that when I'm cross with my children I just want to talk and talk and talk and but that's how I'm expressing that and once I'm aware that what I'm saying and talking is just me it's my way of expressing my frustration my anger then that allows me to stop and deal with it and remind myself that I'm just doing what they're doing now um, and that actually I just need to be quiet and literally bite my tongue. <laughs> yeah, and you encourage this, you're encouraging negotiation by keeping it, it going. And remember, we can't negotiate with somebody who's not talking. Yeah, so or listening. Why, you know, or listening. And that's why I say, you know, but we can still listen to say, listen, I can hear that really upset right now. We can acknowledge that they have an emotions, but we can also let them have the emotion without taking it on us. So I think the biggest thing, because I know we're running out of time, is at this point, just focus on your own behavior, your own emotions. We cannot control anybody but ourselves, but we can stay in charge of the situation as we should be doing as a job. That's our job as a parent, to control ourselves and be positively in charge of the situation where we encourage teamwork and cooperation. And that is really where we meet our long-term goal of having kids who are independent, who are confident and can make healthy food choices. Fabulous. Meta, thank you so much for chatting to us. Now, before I tell everyone about our amazing workshop that we're oh, doing, yes. um, would you like to just tell people where they can find a little bit more about you? Yes. So um, obviously I have a Facebook page. 
which is called Predictable Parenting. So you can find me there. I also have a website with all my webinars and blogs, www.metatilement.com. And uh, I, obviously you can't see it, but I'm still showing you, Alina, my new books are coming out, uh, which is called Parenting by the Day with 23 Tools. And they can be found on Amazon. Fabulous. Congratulations. So can they be found on Amazon UK and Amazon.com? Yes, um, they're still not up there because literally, that's why I'm so excited. I literally just got it half an hour ago in my hand and I don't want to put it up there until I've seen through it. But eventually that's where they'll be found and on my website and also they can be bought on Facebook in the shop. Fabulous. And if you're listening to this this week as it goes live on May the 26th, um, we are doing a course, a course, a workshop together where we're going to be going more into this how, how do we teach our kids healthy habits, the two of us together, and you will have a chance to actually ask questions, because I know lots of people have lots of questions and go, but what about this? And what about that? And obviously, we can't address that right now on this recording. But you will be able to there. So you're invited. And um, that is at 8pm Central European time. So it's 7pm if you're in the UK. And if you're in Eastern United States, that's 2pm in the afternoon but I will put a link in the show notes so people can sign up for that yeah it's gonna be lovely to have your input there as well Olina I just think that the compliment you know when I was preparing for this podcast I was really missing you a bit to go in there so this webinar is just going to be amazing because your wisdom will be in there as well so it's like a double yammer (laughs) fabulous and I'm super excited and I hope it's the first of many collaborations that we do together because I think the two pieces the healthy eating and the behavior are really like once you've sorted that out it's just so easy and I'm all for easy and and fun and it's about you know mealtime should be about enjoyment and fun and we should get to this place where we just know that we're having fun yet we're teaching our children healthy habits that they're just going to have going into adulthood so fabulous thank you so much thank you so much for being here Meta thank you for inviting me (laughs) so thank you so much so much Meta for your amazing knowledge and just a reminder the session that we're doing is called setting boundaries around food in your family it's on May the 26th so that's a week on Wednesday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday when this comes out. It is at 9pm Central Europe time. That's 8pm in the UK. That's 3pm if you're on Eastern time in the US. I hope to see you there. If not, I will see you next week back on the podcast. Bye bye.